back, guys. It is Thursday, and thank you for bearing with me for the last two weeks, not only being here in Nashville uh, and away from uh, the studio there in Dallas, but for putting up with this voice, putting up with this voice. It's going to be a while. I, this stuff is settled in, and uh, I know that many of you have already sent your eulogies thinking that I'm dying and that... Um, your condolences have been well received. I appreciate that. Uh, but uh, it has not been the COVID. Um, you're like, how do you know? Did you get tested? No, <laughs> I did not. And I shall not. You know why? Because screw them. Uh, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not going to let the government know that I've got a sniffle. Um, it's not their business. And uh, it, it, you know what? As soon, as soon as the government starts telling me their business, I'll tell them my business. Uh, I want to know certain things, I, little things. I mean, we don't have to start with the big deal like, you know, who, who, you know, diddled a kid in New Mexico or on Epstein Island. I, I don't need to know all of that right up front. I mean, just give me a little bit to go on. Like whose little bag of cocaine was it at the White House on the 4th of July? What happened to Barack Obama's chef? I mean, what happened to that guy? Remember he fell off a paddleboard a couple of weeks ago and boom, he's just gone. And, and like, what, what happened? We never heard, did we? I mean, has anybody found out anything about that? Uh, and that's not even the government. That's just information we want to know surrounding a former president's home. I, I just want to know what's up. Uh, what happened to Paul Pelosi? Like, did we ever really get to the bottom of what was going on at 2 o'clock in the morning at Paul Pelosi's house? There's just little conspiracies that are out there. You know, it, it amazes me that uh, in all of the debacle, in all of the stuff that we found out about Jeffrey Epstein, then only one woman got convicted from all of that, and nobody else's name has been revealed. So as soon as the government wants to tell me their business and the things that they know, and, and why did they reseal the JFK assassination files for another 60, 70 years? Why, what, they, it, what about the aliens? I mean, are there aliens? I mean, we talked about that. I mean, we actually spent taxpayer dollars to have people come in and testify to Congress about the uh, existence and the evidence for aliens and alien life, and they're here among us. What about that? Do we, do we know anything? about any of this stuff or are we just going to put that out there and that's going to be one big distraction and then you know um i mean I, i'll go one further i'll go one further let we'll get into the deep dive get into the deep dive they just gave the um, the discovery uh the prosecution has just submitted the discovery to donald trump's defense team regarding uh these indictments the amount of uh documents that they sent them would be like getting uh uh, eight copies of War and Peace, Leo Tolstoy's War and Peace, one of the biggest book ever written. If you got eight copies of that every day from going back all the years until when uh, uh, Donald Trump announced he was going to run for president the first time, uh, that would be eight copies of War and Peace that many years every single day. That's how much documentation they had. That, that's not a justice system. That is overwhelming the uh, defense so that they can't deal with a proper defense, legal defense for Donald Trump. That's that's what that is. They're just overwhelming them with documentation. I mean, that's enough documents to fill a library, literally a library. 
So that's that's not truly going after somebody. That is political persecution. We're just going to dump every document that we've ever had uh, on top of this defense team, legal defense team for Donald Trump. So so let's let's get to the bottom of that. How does that make any sense? I mean, we're living in a clown republic at this point. It's not even a banana republic anymore. This is a freaking circus, and it should offend you. It should piss you off. Uh, it should really bother you because they know that if they can, well, at this stage they know they can get away with anything. I mean, we have octogenarians running the show. At least they're the puppet figureheads that are up there. And we're having to watch, what, every couple of weeks now, we're going to watch Mitch McConnell have a reboot. Um, did you see? Brandon, did you? I mean, when you watched... When you watched the Mitch McConnell freeze up again yesterday, what was your reaction to that? Well, I mean, this is why I would say I don't trust any of the politicians because they're all old, corrupt fossils that need to be replaced, really. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, from a human level, it's disconcerting and it's sad when you see that. But in fact, why don't you play clip number 10 there? Uh, and, and let's let's take a look at old, uh, you know, cocaine Mitch just having a moment. What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh. That's right. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. I don't think that uh, the American political system is going to be satisfied until one of these old people just drop dead at the podium at this point, uh, because that's what we're watching. I mean, you're literally watching a man die. Uh, and then she's going to walk up there and say, did, did you understand the question, Senator? Senator? <sighs> if, if we truly knew... The, the, the cogs that are being put in place consistently to hide what's really going on in this country, it would frighten all of us. And, and they know there's not a single thing you're going to do about it. There's not a single thing you are going to do about it. You can't. You can't. <clears throat> I was having a conversation <clears throat> with someone last night. And I said, you know, the thing about our government is they can retreat to their bunkers. They can retreat to their, you know, secure locations underneath the mountains of Colorado. They can go, you know, 15 stories underground down an elevator that requires, you know, a long security code chain. And we can't get to them. I mean, they're, 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 they're there. I mean, that's what they do. They, something happens, nuclear war happens. Guess what? They go down in their bunkers. It's you and me that are going to get roasted. Those guys are going to be just fine. They got the supplies to take care of themselves. They're going to save Mitch McConnell. I mean, Mitch McConnell, he's, you know, he's not, 900 years old, but that dinosaur, they'll make sure he's taken care of. He's down in the bunker. Uh, you know, and, and if God forbid you, you decide to rise up and say, hey, that's enough of this. It's time to restart the government and, and we got to do something different. 
these people know that uh, that you can't do a damn thing about it. I mean, hell, they'll drone strike you from outer space. I mean, Joe Biden's right when he says, oh, what are you going to do? You're going to overthrow the government? You have F-14s? It, it, you know, yes, he's being sarcastic, but that's a fact. I and mean, that's a verifiable fact. You don't have the firepower to just go in there and take over. So when they built this, this is the point I'm trying to make. When they built those bunkers, you know, when they built those secure locations to go and get away from, you know, the world when the world goes to shit, you know, they didn't build those bunkers to hide from foreign enemies. They built places like that, secure locations. They put those walls up to protect themselves from you, from the American people. Those, those, you know, those landmines and motion sensors and everything else on the White House lawn that they can flip on, those, uh, those um, anti-aircraft and, you know, the ballistic missiles and things like that on the roof of the White House, those aren't there for foreign enemies. They're there because of you. They're protecting themselves from you because they know that we can read our Constitution and the Bill of Rights all we want to, but there ain't a damn thing we can do about it. This is literally, literally a tyranny that is masquerading in the name of democracy. It's We're not living in a democracy. You want to talk about undermining democracy like MSNBC and all these talking heads want to talk about all the time. <laughs> democracy has been undermined a long time ago. It's dead. It's dead. We are being run by a tyrannical dictatorship. Yeah, there's multiple people up there. And here's the thing. You, you ever see that show, um, Righteous Gemstones? You ever see the Righteous Gemstones? Uh, Brandon, have you seen that show at all? Oh, it's the best. With, um, Danny McBride, are you kidding? Danny McBride, McBride it's rules. It's the best. Yeah. And if, it, yeah, it's incredible. And if you haven't seen Righteous Gemstones, take it from me, someone who has spent time in big church environments. Uh Yes, it's crass. Yes, yes, it's uh, whatever. It's it's a little profane, uh, very profane. Uh, it's a hard look at how some of these mega churches are run. It's a very satirical look of how you know these families, these dynasties, if you will, run these um, these big mega ministries. Uh, but it ain't far from the truth in a lot of ways. And here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that. These these big, you know, mega preachers and, and all these kind of things, they actually think they're doing God a service. I mean, they really feel right in their heart by doing what they're doing with these illustrious, uh, lavish lifestyles. And they think they're doing God's work and therefore God's rewarding them. And so they, they do it with a, a sense of a clean heart, even though to you and me, it looks very charlatan-ish, okay? And they know that if the truth got out there about how a lot of them live their lives, and don't don't come back at me and say, oh, my my mega preacher, he's clean as the driven snow. Well, maybe, maybe he is. I don't, I don't really care. But there's a lot of them who ain't, okay? And, and and I promise you, I know there's a lot of them who are not. And so, but in their mind, they're thinking, oh, if, if, if our congregation found out how it really was, if our congregation found out how it really was, well, that'd be detrimental to the congregation and the whole thing would fall apart. And we're here doing ministry. So we've got to maintain a certain lifestyle and a certain look. Okay. That's what the American government is doing. Basically, that's, that's, they're putting on a charade in front of the American people. And in their mind, they're protecting your best interest because as Americans, if they can keep you secure, and by secure, I mean keep you comfortable, uh, 
Make sure that you have a grocery store to go to, gas to put in your car, there's air conditioning running in your house. Now, they're, they're changing those things little by little. Like, if you're going to build a house in New York now, you can't put a gas stove in. They want to get rid of your ceiling fans. Uh, they want to limit you to two beers a week. Literally limit you. The Biden administration wants to limit you to two beers a week. If that's not control, I don't know what is. Uh, they're wanting to change these things. But if they can keep you feeling secure and just little by little chip away at your freedoms and chip away at your rights, then it's okay because, hey, we're comfortable. And as I was having this conversation, talking about this with someone last night, we were sitting on a, a, an outdoor patio. And I was watching people walk up and down the street and they were lost in their own little world, lost in their conversations and, and kind of doing their own thing, just kind of oblivious to the world around them, you know, just going out for the night, going to dinner, going to have drinks, whatever, socializing with friends. And I thought, how many of these people, this average rank and file American that is going on about their life day to day is 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 pacified and, you know, just kind of put in a place where uh, they're not worried about anything because, again, they're placated. They're placated. They're not worried about what's going on in Washington, D.C. Hell, they're not worried about what's going on in their state house. They're not worried about Mitch McConnell having a, you know, a seizure or whatever. He's having a stroke on live television. They don't care that Joe Biden is a potato as long as they're kept comfortable and they're willing to allow all the crap the government hides from them to just stay hidden in order to maintain that level of comfort. That's what they're willing to do. Folks, the day is coming where the comforts are going to go away and you're not going to have anything else to lean on. And those that are ready will be ready. They'll be ready. If nothing else, they'll be ready to die. And I think most people are not. Uh, but it's getting to a point, and I hate to be that negative naysayer, but when I look at things like this that's going on in our country and all the stuff that the government is keeping from you, it's a little disconcerting. So, no, I'm not going to take a COVID test and tell them that I got a cold, not when they're keeping all the shit from me. All right. OK, guys, everybody deals with pain from time to time. It's one of those few guarantees that we have in life. It's along with death and taxes. And when it happens, we sustain it. We deal with it. We move forward. But sometimes there is no moving forward because sometimes it just comes back day after day and month after month until it fills our world and steals some of the joy you get out of life. And hey, if you're one of those people who experienced this, you know how really awful it can truly be. The good news is it doesn't have to be that way. Relief factor is a great way to reduce pain, which is mostly caused by inflammation in the joints. And when you take it as directed, it could absolutely change your life. So it's not a drug, but it is developed by doctors. That And uh, this thing is an all-natural uh, supplement that reduces inflammation in your body. And 70% of the people who take it keep on ordering it because it works for them. So if you're living with pain, please try the three-week quick start. It's easy and it's only $19.95. It's a trial pack and you can get it at relieffactor.com or you can call them on the phone at 800-4-RELIEF. That's 800-4-RELIEF or relieffactor.com. We'll be right back. All right, all right, all right. Let's get down here to this thing. Let's get to this article right here. Tucker Carlson warns of assassination attempt against Donald Trump. You know, I'm of mixed emotion. I'm of mixed feeling on that. <laughs> My emotion on that is not good. I don't want anybody to get assassinated. But uh, Tucker Carlson said we're speeding towards assassination. Now, you know, again, I, I'm not the kind of person who's going to compare uh, assassination plots or people who were assassinated. Uh, I'm not going to compare Donald Trump to 
uh, JFK. And while you may have warm, fuzzy feelings about uh, Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump did play into the system. He did play into the system. He sold us out in a big way to Big Pharma to the vaccines. Um, he sold us out in a big way to BlackRock and Vanguard. You do your own research on that, but he did. He allowed them to have more power. And, uh, you know, JFK actually, in my opinion, fought the system in many ways. He was part of the system in many ways, but he also fought the system in many ways. They wanted him out. Um, I'm not going to compare Donald Trump to JFK. I don't think there's a, I don't think that's a fair analysis or comparison in any way, shape or form. But uh, Tucker Carlson was on, uh, he had a, he had an interview with Adam Carolla. And uh, do we have the clip, Brandon? Play that clip if we've got it. What do you think the future holds? Is it? I don't know. I mean, are they going to let Trump be president? No, of course. I mean, look. If, you know, they protested him, they called him names. He won anyway. They impeached him twice on ridiculous pretenses. They fabricated a lot about what happened on January 6th in order to impeach him again. It didn't work. He came back. Then they indicted him. It didn't work. He became more popular. Then they indicted him three more times. And every single time his popularity rose. So if you begin with criticism. Then you go to protest. Then you go to impeachment. Now you go to indictment and none of them work. What's next? I mean, let, you know, graph it out, man. We're speeding toward assassination, obviously. And no one will say that, but I don't I don't know how you can't reach that conclusion. You know what I mean? Like they have decided permanent Washington, both parties have decided that there's something about Trump that's that's so threatening to them. They just can't have him. I mean, they're putting him on trial in March of next year in the J6 case, which basically consists of trying to send him to prison for the rest of his life for complaining about the last election. That's literally what it is. Again, if this were happening in Moldova, the State Department would issue an all hands on deck order to let the world know this is not a legitimate government. And yet our government is doing it. It's like it it's it's really it's hard to overstate how bad this is. And I'm not. I, I don't I don't know where it's going, but there's a collision that's clearly imminent. And by the way, the president is senile in a way that's impossible to deny. Biden's not running the government, you know, so like, I don't know. I've never been this worried about anything as I am about where this is going. You know, it's weird, uh, Brandon. It's it's weird how um, I, I've been saying all these things for a couple of weeks yeah. and uh, nobody listens to my show, though. <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows where they're I don't first. Have the Tucker. No, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't. I think Tucker Carlson gets his information from me. Um, it, see, people are like, oh, just tell us jokes, funny man. No, I'm actually <laughs> trying to, to save a country here. And it's like I'm, I'm sitting here telling you this this same stuff. You know, it, so I was in a group text here a minute ago with a bunch of influencers and they sent a deal out about what do you think if, if they were what would happen if they assassinated Trump? And and I sent them the clip from our show from last <laughs> week, the YouTube link, like, here's what I said about it um welcome to the party pal uh but here's what you know what carlson says you know a permanent washington i like that phrase permanent washington maybe that's why maybe that's why he gets all the views tucker carlson comes up with cool phrases like permanent washington in other words those people that never get voted out i mean they just get there and they never 
effing leave, man. Permanent Washington. He says both parties, both parties have decided that there's something about Trump, which is so threatening toward them that they cannot have him in office. Yeah, dude, that's it. I'm like, and he breaks it down so eloquently. Another reason why people watch Tucker Carlson and not me. Uh, of saying, look, they did all these things and his popularity just gets bigger and bigger. I mean, now, now you got folks in the urban community coming out saying he's one of us now. Got a mugshot. You got got a got a prison number. He's one of us now. And I'm not saying that they're saying that. I mean, this guy raised eight million dollars on uh <laughs> on a mugshot for crying out loud. And and then the you know the beta cuck soy boy Twitter rerees love to come at me and say, uh uh <laughs> they say, oh, are you gonna donate more money to Daddy Trump? And it's like you guys are stupid. Like at this stage in the game, it, it doesn't you think you're trolling is oh like that's an insult. We're donating to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is raising money in his sleep. He's not even trying at this point. You guys are doing it for him, you dumbasses. I mean, you guys are the ones out there doing it. So if they can't shut him up and they can't shut him down, and God knows he ain't going to just go away, maybe Tucker's right. I hate to even say the words. Maybe we are on a crash course with assassination attempts. I mean... You know, God protect the man, you know, put a hedge of protection around the man and expose the enemy's devices and plans. Uh, I, I mean, again, you guys out there that think that Donald Trump is the manifestation of evil in the world. They loved him. I shouldn't have to state the obvious again. They loved him before he ran for president and then he became public enemy number one. Ask yourself, what the hell are they trying to hide? What is it about Donald Trump that they are so scared of him exposing? I just told you, I just told you that he bowed to Big Pharma. I just told you that... uh, that uh, he allowed Fauci to lock us down. He forced the vaccines. He allowed BlackRock to take over the Fed and the Treasury operations. Um, he renewed the NDAA. I mean, that's all big government stuff. And it's like, okay, he did those things. You would think big government, permanent Washington would love that. But there's still something there they can't stand. There's still something there they're scared of. And you can't tell me this bunch of politicians and bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. are all these freedom-loving, democracy-defending, republic-standing um, Americans that when you cut them, they bleed their own red, white, and blue version of patriotism because they're there for altruistic purposes. Uh, you know, they, they have no conflicts of interest with any of their trading partners in corporate in the corporate world. No, not a single bit. I mean, uh, they send emails out under pseudonyms and, you know, copy their sons on these uh, nefarious things when they're getting money from Ukraine, China, and Russia. But they love freedom so much. They love freedom so much that Donald Trump is just a threat to all of those things. No, maybe it's something else. Maybe you look closer at the Biden administration, for instance, just as a just a microcosm, for instance, you know, um, uh, he's naming a, he named a what was it? A beer czar, uh, like an alcohol czar. 
Why do we keep naming czars? You know, all you uh, all you Ukraine apologists out there that hate Russia and and again, understand. Let me be very clear. I hate Ukraine and Russia equally. All right. So if you're wondering, yeah, Vladimir Zelensky's trash and so is Vladimir Vladimir Putin. OK, uh, they're both trash. But those of you out there who think that Ukraine is some some utopian unicorn in Eastern Europe that everybody should just bow down to and send all of your money and retirement funds to uh, you, you, you're, this administration that's in place, they keep they keep appointing czars. There's a border czar. There's a drug czar. There's an alcohol czar. Now, all these czars. I don't, I don't know if you know where the term czar comes from. It comes from the word Caesar. You take it back to ancient Rome. Uh, that's that's what that's what the people who ran Russia call themselves. They were czarists. And yet Joe Biden wants to appoint more czars. <laughs> could we could we stop in a free country appointing czars? And could we stop using that word? It's, it's a very Russian word that uh, it's also a very tyrannical word that goes all the way back to uh, the Caesars <laughs> who were emperors. Uh, after the fall of the Republic and Rome became an empire. So could, could we just chill with that kind of stuff? All right. So they're not freedom loving. They hate freedom. And therefore, I think they hate Donald Trump. You know why? Because again, Donald Trump, he represents you. He wasn't, he wasn't permanent Washington. They hate anything that's not permanent Washington. And they despise it. They despise it. Listen, again, on another microcosm, I ran for governor in the state of Texas. I ran for governor in the state of Texas for 19 months. You know what? The system, they hated me. And they're like, oh, but Chad, you lost. Yeah, yeah, I lost. I lost. But man, we exposed a lot of things. And guess what? Now I've got a platform. I'm still exposing a lot of things. I'm still exposing a lot of crap that's going on in the state of Texas. And you know what? People actually listen to the things that I'm saying. So, so you know, if you want to you look at Sarah Gonzalez, Sarah Gonzalez, she didn't run for office, but look at all the things she exposes with Defend Texas Kids. Look what I'm exposing with uh, the strong borders for Texas. You know what? I'm a grassroots guy and they hate me. You know why? Because I'm not permanent Austin. I'm not permanent Washington. I'm not permanent government. They hate people who come and become that little squeaky wheel that they just can't get rid of. And Donald Trump is a squeaky effing wheel. And they're going to try to get rid of him any way they can. All right, guys, uh, cleaning your guns. I, uh, I love using barrel, buddy. I'm going to go home today and I'm going to I'm going to clean some guns. I may even shoot some guns this weekend. I need some of that therapy. Uh, but when you clean your guns, you know, it's a dirty job that you got to do. The patches are messy. The uh, boar snake rope cleaning elements, they they use that two color pattern, which sometimes they hide the dirt. You don't know if your rifle's clean or not. It's not good enough. Fortunately, it's a better solution when you use barrel, buddy. Barrel, buddy, compresses to fill the interior of your gun's barrel and make sure to clean the rifling grooves it comes in seven different sizes so you don't own a firearm that you can't find to the barrel buddy to fit it uh barrel buddy will fit all of them barrel buddy is composed of polymers that don't leave behind the residual particles so it's a safer concept as well cleans by scrubbing collecting the particulates then it absorbs any remaining residue it buffs the interior surface clean you can even lubricate your firearm while you're cleaning it so i want you to try barrel buddy cleaning a gun it's an important part of being a responsible gun owner and barrel buddy as a new concept is better as a way to take care of your firearms so get some today you're gonna love them like i do head over to barrelbuddy.com today that's barrelbuddy.com we'll be right back all right let's change gears just a little bit this this oliver anthony guy um 
Joe Rogan had him on, you know, uh, the comedy mothership down in Austin. They did a little surprise guest appearance. He came out there and sang a song. And, um, you know, Oliver Anthony, this this interesting phenomenon. Now, I know a lot of you guys say, I don't think that's important. Uh, Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. But I kind of think it is. The reason I think it is is because it reminds you that the voice of one person who says the right thing in the right way with the right spirit, the right heart behind it, with with what seems to be the right intentions can really make an effective difference. It exposed the heart of a lot of people in this nation in, in, in a good way, in a good way. They found in in that that song, this this viral song, and you can say, well, and I've been in Nashville for two weeks, so I've heard every theory about this. Saying, oh, well, you know, he didn't just go out and produce that in the field. I mean, there had to be a team behind him to get that out. It doesn't matter. To me, it doesn't matter. Um, it's, it, it, it resonated with people in such a way that it just really kind of flipped everything upside down. Now, if... And I said this on the Josh Terry podcast this week. Um, if there is a team out there, a marketing team that created that type of success for Oliver Anthony so that his song and his songs became um, half of all downloaded songs in the last week, um, then I would like to know who that team is because I will hire them. I will spend every penny that I have uh, for them to market me. If, if they're that good, then uh, there's a lot of people that would be beating down their door to hire that marketing team to get the same results that Oliver Anthony got by releasing a song, uh, you know, that that's sung in, you know, the way that it is. And boom, it just absolutely flips everything. The whole music industry and the way we, we're thinking right now, everything just flips it up on its ear. Uh, but he had him on. Uh, Joe Rogan had Oliver Anthony on and they had a great conversation and it's great because you see one you, you you get to hear you know the heart of a guy like Oliver Anthony um, but then you get to watch Joe Rogan who has the biggest show in the world uh, have to process some of these things so I, I want you to watch a couple of clips because first of all even if you've seen the clips I want you to watch them again uh, here's a guy who for all intents and purposes has never been kind of in the spotlight or in the limelight. And now he's thrust into the biggest show in the world. How would he behave? How's he going to say, I mean, you, you want to be liked. I mean, you go into, I could tell you, you know, if Joe Rogan has me on his show, I want to be likable. You know, you want to come across as likable. I, I don't know if I'm capable of that anymore in my life, but, um, <laughs> he goes on and, and he's got this platform. He could do anything he wants to do. And this is what he chooses to do with Joe Rogan. Play clip number two. And I'm still in the infancy stages of a lot of this. Like I've read a lot of Psalms, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Luke. And um, there's other good books, but just trying to, I don't know, like trying to restructure, I guess, on a granular level, like I guess the neural pathways in my brain that have certain habits and certain ways of thought, like I've tried to retrain that to, um, you know, like there's, there's things it says like, uh, and I'll be very brief with this, I promise. But like one thing, ironically, it's, uh, Proverbs 420, which I thought you would like. <laughs> so if there's anything better, Perfect. But, Read um, it. preach my son, pay attention to what I say, turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. 
Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. But um, That's pretty f***ing profound. <laughs> uh, that response from Rogan is great. Uh, I don't care what, I, you know, that's offensive. He's used the F word. Get over it. Uh, that's, that's, it's very profound what he just said. Uh, when you watch a guy, I, I don't think Joe Rogan has, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Joe Rogan hadn't spent a lot of time reading, reading his Old Testament, specifically reading the Proverbs. And, and he hears that. And for the first time, he's hearing a certain level of wisdom of guidance for life. And he goes, hey, that's pretty f- profound. Um, I like that response. You give me that response all day long. Give me some people who are willing to sit in the church, and when they hear something like that, they go, that's pretty profound. Now, if that offends you, that means you've got a religious spirit and you need to get over yourself. But uh, I don't really care. I'm just telling you, that's the response you want. And you got a guy like Oliver Anthony. you got a guy like Oliver Anthony who's going to step up there and say, hey, i got the biggest platform in the world. Let me read my Bible to you. That I, Bold. I, I, I can't say that I would necessarily have gone that route if I were on Joe Rogan. I, you know, I'd sit there and tell you how great I am and how wonderful, you know, what we do is you know, all the different things. I'd tell my story. I'd do all these things. I'd try to make Joe like me, right? And, and you know, I know you want to play this pious thing that you, you would never do anything like that. But, you know, here's a, here's a kid who he just, he just throwing it out there. This is what means something to him. He's like, I'm trying to retrain my brain because I've got a lot of bad habits out there. There's a lot of things that he said, I'm trying to, you know, re- reconnect those neurotransmitters to get away from some of those bad habits that I've done in my life. And so this is something that's helped me. And he reads Proverbs 420 to Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan says, that's profound. Um, I like that response. Maybe that's where we need to get to is, is start exposing people to some truth and, and don't expect their, your presupposed religious response to come back to that. Just, just let it, just let the truth permeate into their soul and, and let it just kind of marinate a little bit and let the response be what the response is going to be. Because you know what? People out there in the world, they don't, they don't think like you. They're not programmed to think like you have after, you know, 50, 60, 70 years in the church. Uh, there's a world out there that doesn't think like you, but they still need to be exposed to truth. And I appreciate that about this Oliver Anthony kid. That's why it's important. That's why it's important. And, uh, you know, people want to get caught up in, uh, you know, this or that. I, you know, I, I have people all the time who come to me and say, well, you, you say these things, but, but um, look at your tattoos on your body. It's like, get over yourself. You're not doing the good in the world that you think you're doing if you're caught up with little things like that. All right. Which reminds me, my tattoo guy did not call me back uh, for some new work that I want to get done. And that, that ticks me off. I don't understand why it is tattoo people just don't want to work. I don't know. Uh, call me. Anyway, uh, so this is important. And, and there's some more stuff that I want to uh, talk about on this deal. Because um, they dig into it. You know, Joe Rogan is getting pretty bold himself in some things. Uh, play clip number one, please. Investing in America means investing in all of America. When I ran for president, I made a promise that I would leave no part of the country behind. So she did do it. She really did tweet it from her account. Is that real? Oh my God. Oh my God. She really did do it. Oh my God. That's so crazy. So of course, when you read his tweets, it sounds like her. 
Like she's got a very politician way of doing it. There's, she's like an AM radio <laughs> DJ, an AM radio DJ well, version, job, right? Like version gotta... of what a, a press secretary is, yeah. like a politician. Because you know, AM, I'll ride. Here we are on the drive. I'm Mike, and I'm with The Rock. You know, or whatever. With the sidekick. And maybe that's what attracted people to Trump, and maybe what attracts people to like. Um, see, like, thank God I haven't. Especially now, at least I've got a good excuse not to keep up with politics anymore because I've got a few other more important things on my plate. But I think that's what attracts people to like that rough, raw, authentic type of speech. Like it's not clean cut and it's not professional, but it's at least like you said, even with Bernie, which who knows? I don't know anything about Bernie, but uh, he's not polished. But at least what he's saying yeah. is like at least you feel like he actually like at least he, he actually it. believes it because you, you look at poli you can look at politicians over a 15 year span and, and like they'll quote something from like, oh, good God, think anybody, any politician from the 90s is going to have a lot different opinions on emotional triggers that we talk about today Bro, politicians from the 90s from the democratic party sound like <laughs> totally nazis different. yeah they sound like nazis there so was this what, like, what does that tell when you, biden you know? <laughs> passed the crime bill in 94 there's this famous speech that he gives about locking people up so that his wife is safe and so that oh, yeah. they're safe yep. and that i'm safe and it's this it sounds like right ring like uh, proud boy speech <laughs> Get crazy! It sounds like a patriot speech. No, like, would you worry again, about militia saying? I don't. I don't. I know very little about any of this. But my understanding is even, I know for sure with Hillary Clinton. But I think even with Obama, originally their stance was very much against gay marriage, and then yes. it flipped around. She didn't support gay marriage till 2013. Yeah. 2013. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny when you got a guy like Oliver Anthony who comes on there? And is like, I, you know, I don't know much about this, but I do remember this part. Uh, and they're like, uh, yeah, see, they want to bury that stuff. They don't want you remembering that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were opposed to gay marriage. They don't want you remembering the things that Joe Biden said about, you know, locking up and, and staying away from the racial jungles and all of those things. But again, they're calling it out. Uh, we're going to get into some more. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, you know, uh, Oliver Anthony, I mean, when you get thrust to, when you get thrust to the limelight that fast, uh, you got a lot of stuff that everybody's got an opinion, right? They don't know anything about you. That's an interesting phenomenon, right? Social media has done this for us. Suddenly, uh, you know, you get thrust to the limelight. Literally, nobody knows you. They don't know anything about you. But everybody has an opinion about you. It's a fascinating thing, human nature, how we do that, how we rush to pull people down. No matter what's going on, you, you pull them down, you make assumptions, because, again, you see something in that person that exposes your own insecurities. And therefore, who is this person that they should be getting this much attention? And uh, with so little investment and effort put into it, suddenly they're getting all the attention. Well, some of these uh, actors and, and uh, musicians and stuff have been the chief of people criticizing um, Oliver Anthony. Rain Wilson is is one. You, many of you know Rain Wilson from The Office and various other things. Uh, but this is what Joe Rogan had to say about Rain Wilson criticizing Oliver Anthony. Play clip number three. And then there was uh, Dwight from The Office. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> chimed in that if he was going to write a cultural anthem, what did he say? Something like he wouldn't write about over <laughs> overweight people on welfare. He would write about billionaires and their taxes. Yeah. There is nothing funnier than millionaires talking shit about billionaires. <laughs> there is nothing funny, funnier about millionaires pretending these billionaires are out of touch. Oh, yeah. 
and then you know take take Dwight from the office down to West Virginia, you know take him take him through those coal mining countries, take him through those places in Appalachia where people have extreme poverty. And, yeah, and pills have ravished those areas. Take him through there. And it's everywhere. Yeah, the sad thing is it's it's everywhere now. It's not. Yeah. You know, it's funny. People right off the get-go, I guess because it was Radio WV that posted the original video, but, like, I've never once advertised myself as being necessarily from the mountains. My grandfather grew up in western part of Virginia in the mountains, but I've, I'm from Farmville, which is technically Piedmont. But even in... Throughout rural Virginia, that poverty is a big issue and drugs are a big issue. And I mean, it's not just even in the rural areas. And you go into downtown Richmond or any downtown anywhere for that matter. It's like it's almost like, um, yeah, these problems exist everywhere now that are. And I think I mean, obviously they are because they that's why everywhere. the song resonated the way it did. You know, even in other, other countries in yeah. other countries. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it is amazing how people are just simply out of touch. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, I, you know, I've worked with I've worked with churches in Kentucky, churches in Virginia, West Virginia, you know, because of the, you know, the Oxycontin epidemic that was going on. I mean, people just, you know, we talk about fentanyl now, uh, you know, there was Oxycontin and all the addictions and the and the just the people dying from drug overdoses and, and just how rampant it was. And, you you know, we often joke about you go to small town rural America um, and uh, and there's nothing to do there. So you might as well do meth. Right. So cook meth. And it, it, it's like we, a guy like Rain Wilson is going to come in there and criticize a guy who actually wrote an anthem for writing the wrong kind of anthem. I would love to see I would love for Rain Wilson, Dwight from the office, to uh, write an American anthem that really resonates in the heart of most Americans. And the thing is, if, if you if you're going to break it down word by word and verse by verse and really you know criticize and grammatically diagram that song. Um, yeah, you're not going to come up with a whole lot of gold mined treasure troves, but again the spirit in the heart of what that kid's saying is impressive and it resonated in a certain way that you cannot define you dwight from the office can't define that and again as joe said you got millionaires judging billionaires <laughs> they're all out of touch they none of them can relate to what's truly going on in in backwoods america rural america farm town america flyover states america appalachia uh, in the holler um, and, uh, you know, it's it's amazing to me, these people who want to say they've got their finger on the pulse of America. This is why Trump continues to get more popular. He's exactly right on that. You know, when he talks about these these 90s politicians and sound all polished and everything and the, the hypocrisy of it, and then you got a guy that comes out. And I laugh when Trump talks because Trump loves to, to boost himself. He loves to brag. He's very braggadocious. He loves to say these things, but he gets down to it. And it's like, yeah, um, what he's saying, what he's saying resonates. In fact, let's play a Trump clip here. Uh, I know y'all were waiting on this. Uh, Brandon, jump over to seven. I want you guys to uh, watch what he had to say about the COVID hysteria. Play clip seven. The left-wing lunatics are trying very hard to bring back COVID lockdowns and mandates with all of their sudden fear-mongering about the new variants that are coming. Gee whiz, you know what else is coming? An election. They want to restart the COVID hysteria so they can justify more lockdowns, more censorship more illegal drop boxes, more mail-in ballots, and trillions of dollars in payoffs to their political allies heading into the 2024 election. Does that sound familiar? These are bad people. These are sick people we're dealing with. But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, 
hear these words, we will not comply. So don't even think about it. We will not shut down our schools. We will not accept your lockdowns. We will not abide by your mask mandates. And we will not tolerate your vaccine mandates. They rigged the 2020 election, and now they're trying to do the same thing all over again by rigging the most important election in the history of our country, the 2024 election, even if it means trying to bring back COVID. But they will fail because we will not let it happen. When I'm back in the White House, I will use every available authority to cut federal funding to any school, college, airline, or public transportation system that imposes a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate. Thank you very much. I love that, but there's only two things I would add. Uh, one, he should have ended it with an apology for doing it, and I w- doing it the first time, because he did. And uh, the, the second thing is, I wish we could go back in time, and he would have said that in February of 2020. Uh, so much would have been different in our lives if we had heard those words in February, or even March, April of 2020, when the lockdowns hit full force, and we suddenly created all of these little dictator Gestapo government entities in our states and in our communities, all the way down to school administrators. I I wish Trump would have said that back then. Part of me wants to say it's too little too late, but you got to admit a strong talk, that's strong talk. And you know, the system that he allowed that, well, he propped it up. Let's be honest. Donald Trump propped up the system that destroyed many lives. Um, and, uh, now it's destroying his. And so I hope it's not too little too late. Uh, He's come around to our way of thinking, but uh, I wish he had said those words back in in 2020. It it would have made a difference. But um, I think it would have made a difference if he would have stood up against that. But then, you know, all he's got to do is come out at the end of that and say, yep, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, This is what we should have done the first go around. But here we are. And that in it. But 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 again, back to the point talking about Oliver Anthony and, and that interview. I I think that that's the kind of language America needs to hear. I think that's the American, that's the uh, language Americans want to hear right now. And I hope we hear more of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Donald Trump's starting to look like a righteous gemstone. He, he, he could be Donnie gemstone with that hair. Um, he's starting to look kind of like a TV preacher. I mean, he's always had the hair, but now it's getting a little more squared off and more full on the side. Got the, got the sideburns working, that kind of deal. But, uh, preach Donnie preach. That's what I want to hear. Oh my gosh. We got more to get into, but I want to take a quick break. Uh, if you guys haven't subscribed to blaze TV, subscribe blaze tv.com slash Chad, use promo code Chad, uh, hang tight one more thing i want to tell you about after the break we'll be right back the um um, the folks who have been in the path of the hurricane there in florida and as it spun up through central florida um god bless you I, i tell you ron DeSantis does a good job with emergency management that's for sure as a governor of florida um Wish he would have just kind of hung on to that job, focused on that a little bit longer and uh, let us get through some other things because his uh, presidential campaign ain't looking so great. But I don't want to politicize that. I, uh, a lot of people have, d- have dealt with a lot of damage and a lot of problems and, and just the stuff that that, you know, and, and then again, immediately the, the talking head, Riri's want to come on there and say it's being intensified because of climate change. Uh, stop. Let people rebuild. Let them grieve. Let them deal with what they've got to deal with. Our heart goes out to those folks. And um I always want to encourage people, if you're looking for a way to get involved,
involved and help people who have been um, involved in a disaster. Check out Mercury One. Uh, you know, Glenn and those guys, that team at Mercury One does a great job of making sure that funds and resources get to the right people, the people who need the help. And, and Mercury One always has boots on the ground in those areas, so they know exactly what's happening firsthand. And so... Um, uh, if you want to, you know, check out the different initiatives happening at Mercury One, go check them out. And uh, you can trust that the money that you send there actually gets into the hands of the people who need it the most. So, again, from Nashville, I hope you guys um, will join us for overtime. I got a couple of things I want to get into. I'm going to talk about your favorite person uh, for just a few minutes on overtime. And uh, you're going to love my analysis of it. But you can only get it if you're subscribed to Blaze TV. So blazetv.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad. Uh, two weeks, I will be in Kansas City for three nights. Uh, the Comedy Club of Kansas City. I'm uh, going to be there th- uh, the 14th, 15th, and 16th. You can go to watchchad.com. That's where all the fun stuff is. Check and see if I'm going to be in a city near you this year. Um, I, we're going to probably back off a little bit on some live shows next year. I need a little bit of a break. But either way, we're going to have some fun. I love you. God bless you. We'll see you on Overtime. Bye.